When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 48 hours away. You better start thinking about those Super Bowl spreads. Get the drinks planned. Get everything ready. 48 hours before the Niners and the Chiefs square off in Super Bowl 58. We are Amber and Ian Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. You can find him at Zaslow Show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. We'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so that you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. So we are here, Zaslow, on a Super Friday of Super Bowl week. What is your earliest Super Bowl memory okay my earliest so the first like the first time I remember watching a Super Bowl that's that's what we're doing yeah okay mine was I I remember this mine was the 49ers and Bengals it was 1989 the game was here in Miami all right now that may just be a coincidence that that's it's the not first a coincidence. One. I There's don't know. No chance that you happen to be growing up in Miami and that the first one you remember is in Miami. I feel like that one probably had an extra buzz or emphasis around it, and that yeah. you recognize that as a child. Well, poor memory for you. Well, the teams were 49ers and Bengals, so it's Joe Montana. All right, at Joe Montana, Boomer Esiason, but it's Joe Montana, and it's like the back end of that Super Bowl run, you know, the four Super Bowls that he won. But I, I think you're probably right. It was probably like a big thing on the local news. The Super Bowl is here, Joe Robbie Stadium. So, yeah, I'm eight years old at the time. That's the first Super Bowl I remember, and it was a great game. 49ers won 20-16, to and I also remember it because you're right. Like, we have – we have weird core memories that, that that shouldn't be something that we remember our entire life, but we do. And I think also one of the reasons that I probably remember that as the first Super Bowl I ever watched, my first real NFL memory, because my uncle, I remember, was watching the game at our house with us, and I remember that he had tickets to the game. He had tickets to the game that his boss gave him, and he sold them. He sold the tickets, and, and so I remember him talking with my father, his brother, and she's like, hey, like, don't say anything, don't tell anyone, I sold the tickets, if anybody asks, I'm at the game, but instead, we're watching it here, at my house, I'm eight years old, so I remember that, his boss gifted him the tickets, he went and flipped them, he sold them, we watched the game together, it was a game in Miami, and it was a great game, Niners won. That is, and that is some innovation back then because there was no StubHub, right? No. You're not going on vivid seats or whatever. There's nowhere to fire it up to get to a secondary marketplace no back in the 80s. no posting it on the internet. <laughs> Who the heck did he sell these tickets to? Yeah, well, I imagine, like, like you know, you, you drive over to Joe Robbie Stadium and where we lived, we're probably like 15 you, you, minutes away. You have your uncle out there scalping tickets? Ahead of How the else Super would he have sold them? They're physical tickets. How else do you sell tickets back then? That has know. to be the way, right? 
or or maybe a couple days in advance. Like somebody asked for them, or he maybe had a he put the word. Yeah, maybe he put the word out to other friends. Hey, if you know anyone looking for a pair of tickets, I got tickets. And I want to sell them. So I look, Amber. I don't know everything. All right, it's a core memory. I remember a lot of the details. I don't remember everything. I didn't sell the tickets. I didn't make any money off it. I was eight years old. I just remember the big part of the story, and that was he sold the tickets. We weren't allowed to tell anybody, and it was a really good game. <laughs> uh, and now you're telling the entire country oh, who cares? here. Statute of limitations is over with. My uncle started his own business. Very lucrative. It doesn't matter if that guy finds out at this point. Who if cares? That, What's he going to do? that boss is listening right now, he's like, hmm, Zazlo. Wait I remember her. <laughs> I remember a Zazlo. That was a he great game. He didn't go? That <laughs> he didn't bastard. go. I was so kind to gift him those tickets. And he just ha- put money over my kindness. Uh, look can at you that. Imagine, you added your uncle out can, after can, all these years. Can you imagine, by the way, like what those tickets went for back then? Because if you look at prices, you look at secondary market prices for the game this weekend. And the, like the thought that, that there's thousands and thousands of dollars just to get into the building. And so the thought that crosses my mind, Amber, I, I've only been alive. I was alive for one Dolphins. Dolphins are my team. I'm here in Miami. I've only been alive for one Super Bowl appearance. But I was four years old, so it, it didn't really happen, you know. And there's always been, you know, in the back of my mind, maybe it has for you too, if the Dolphins make the Super Bowl first time in my life, we'll go. And because it's taken so long for the Dolphins to get to the Super Bowl, if they ever will in my lifetime, we're in a place where the tickets are be able to too expensive it. to go. So I'm ne- <laughs> I'm literally never going to see the Dolphins play in the Super Bowl in person. Gonna I'm be, never going to go. Be, they're going to be $20,000 a piece by yeah. the time <laughs> that we get to see our Dolphins at a Super Bowl. It's not like the housing market crashes and the prices have lowered. That's not going to happen with Super Bowl tickets. They're only going to go up. So Apparently so, unless they I'm start building stadiums bigger or something. I mean, it's remarkable. I just looked up on StubHub uh, just for two tickets Can I guess? For Sunday. I'm good at this. I, I'm in some parts around here. I'm known as the ticket ninja, all right? Like, I'm, I'm good with tickets. Yes. Can the, I guess? The only parts is, is yourself, calling yourself that. Yes, go ahead. Ticket Can I get ninjas? messages? Yeah, That's what people ninja. call you? He calls yeah. himself. No, okay. no, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. People don't call him that, James. Zaslow has been calling himself the Ticket Ninja for many years because he gets all the nerdy pre-codes to all the concerts. Zaz is a person? Oh, yeah. I but get by all nerdy the pre-codes. pre-codes. I laugh at your pre-sales. There's no such thing as a pre-sale. I mean, I get into all of them. I he laugh does, at your pre-sales. He does tend to get into all of the pre-sales. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what so, I'm doing. So throw at me what you think right now for two tickets next yeah. to each other. Cheapest piece. ticket in the building, right? Cheapest ticket in the building. A piece. Okay. Cheapest ticket in the building just to get in. Or go six thousand dollars. Look at you. Did you look it up? No, no. And you got to click with fees. Don't do no fees. Makes no sense. Do you want to see prices that include fees? Yeah. You know, I'd like to know how much I'm paying. So, so click on include fees. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing six thousand. All right. Well, I don't know how to do all that, but it is. It's sixty three hundred bucks. Wow. How about that? Is is there fees? Is there not fees? I don't know. I'm not actually buying this ticket, so I I don't think I'm going to research it too deeply, just in case by accident my credit card gets. Make sure you don't click on buy by accident. Right. That's that's what I'm getting nervous about when I'm seeing these prices. Six thousand three hundred and seventy five dollars for the pair of tickets. Just to get in each. For the pair of tickets that I just clicked on when just I was looking for tickets in. on Sunday. My earliest Super Bowl memory, by the way, you're listening to Amber and Ian Dazlo filling in for Ian tonight. My earliest yeah. Super Bowl memory. Now, I don't know if this would have been 1987 or 88, but the, the first Super Bowl memory I have was 
the Denver Broncos playing in a Super Bowl because okay. my brother definitely getting, blown, definitely getting smashed at this. Well, point, so this they point. lost both of those Super Bowls. They lost yeah. to the Giants and they lost to Washington. The Niners. Oh, they lost the Niners 55 to 10 around that time, too. Uh, the Niners, no, the Niners was later. The Niners was in 1990. Oh, okay. it, yeah, so I guess it could have been that one, too. So I don't know. I don't know how old I was because they kept getting there, right? But I, so my smashed. first, my first, right. But my first memory isn't that, isn't actually the result of the game or the game itself, clearly, because I, I can't even tell you which of those Super Bowls I remember uh, as my first one. But I remember it because my brother's team was the Denver Broncos. Is is kind of inexplicably that was the team that he always chose and that he always rooted for when we were growing up. He was diehard Denver Broncos fan, so it was a big deal to him that the Broncos were in the Super Bowl, which is why I remember it so well as a core memory. And my mom, and this is probably most people's experience with Super Bowls, and it's one of the things that I have such a deep affection for football because of. Because for me, like the Super Bowl was a very big thing in my household. My mom wasn't a big football fan, but my dad was diehard. My brother was diehard. And so my mom would go all out. She'd always make chili every Super Bowl Sunday. And I remember for that Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl I remember with the Broncos, she got my brother a big Broncos-themed cake. And so I think she made it, actually, because my mom made these crazy cakes, like these football field cakes for Super Bowls. And she was this incredible cake well, maker. Cake and so shaped like a field, you know, it's easy. To she did. That. Well, it is. But then you decorate it. And, you know, she was really spectacular at that. But so what? It, so the year I remember, she made this Denver Broncos themed cake. Uh, and it was really cool. And it had like Denver Broncos players and whatnot. Uh, and so that's one of my so I don't remember the actual game. But I remember the experience around the game and the family experience around the game. And that's what's so cool about Super Bowl Sunday, even though it should be Super Bowl Saturday. Yeah, it should be Super Bowl Saturday. Yes, absolutely should be Super Bowl Saturday. Although the reason they'll never do that is because Saturday, Friday and Saturday, worst television days of the week. Sunday night is actually a great television night. So for ratings wise, they're never going to move the Super Bowl. Really, Zaslow, you think the Super Bowl is going to suffer ratings wise if we put it on a Saturday? I'm telling you what their rationale is. That's all. That was the original rationale. But now the NFL is such king that it it can be put behind a paywall. It can be put on a service. You you could give it to us on Amazon and we're going to buy it. You give it to us on Peacock and we're going to buy it. I mean. That's just the reality of the don't situation. Don't put that into reality. Like, don't put that into the They universe. better not do that. Now, Goodell did say recently that while he's the commissioner, the Super Bowl is not going to go on to one of those yeah, streaming he's, services. He's going to retire in a year. He did say while he's the commissioner. He made that yeah. pretty clear. I was like, that's interesting. So he is kind of admitting that in the future, that's probably a thing. He's just probably not going to be around for it. That's his way of, 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 of getting all of us to, to get behind him signing a lifetime contract. That's what that means. <laughs> That's actually probably true. <laughs> Smart uh, on his part. I do think you could have Super Bowl Saturday. Everybody would still tune in to watch, watch Super Bowl yeah. Saturday. And you know what we'd get to do? We'd get to party all night and wake up the next day, yeah. not have to go to work. Most yeah. of us anyways. It would yeah. be glorious in that way. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian's Aslo filling in, you can make the argument that the Chiefs need to win on Sunday more than the 49ers do. We'll talk about it next. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. To NBA action tomorrow night, the Warriors, they host the Suns. That's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Zazlo filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight here on Amber and Ian. So, Zaz. Mm-hmm. Is there an argument to be made that the Chiefs need to win on Sunday even more than the 49ers need to win? An argument to be made that the Chiefs need this win. It is a must-win game for both teams, but an argument to make. <laughs> it, is a, it is a win or go home and a lose or go home. The rare everyone win. goes home no matter what happens in this game. Must-win game for both teams. Is there an argument to be made that the Chiefs need it more than the 49ers? The answer to that is no, because we know at this point that Patrick Mahomes is good. And see, this year we have learned this really for the first time. We've known how good Patrick Mahomes is. We've been calling him the best quarterback in the league for a few years now. And matter of fact, for a few years as well, the conversation has drifted in the direction of, is he going to end up being the greatest ever? We've had this conversation before. But for the first time, we saw him play a season where he didn't really have the good weapons around him. And the weapons around him did not come through for him on a consistent basis. Offense wasn't great. Defense for the first time was very, very good. But the offense wasn't great. So for the first time ever, we saw that things don't have to be perfect on the offensive end. Things don't have to be so great on that side of the football. And Patrick Mahomes can still carry you when it matters most. He can still get you to a Super Bowl. And by the way, for the first time in his career, he can do it by winning not just one, but multiple road games to get to the Super Bowl. So the point being... As long as you have Patrick Mahomes, we have learned this is likely always going to be a Super Bowl contender. And Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere anytime soon. So, no, there is not an argument to be made that the Chiefs need this game more than the 49ers. They're not going anywhere. I can make the argument, although I think that the 49ers do need this game much more because I agree with you that we can, of course, say Patrick Mahomes is great either way. He's the greatest quarterback right now in the league either way. It doesn't really matter what happens on Sunday. But what I will say is when you were talking about the weapons around Patrick Mahomes and this idea of him doing it even in this season where the weapons were sort of failing him and yet we're still here – But we're here, and that's impressive, and things have come together more in the postseason. But that story is not complete. The only way to really complete that story is to actually win the Super Bowl. Is it as impressive if you end up without a ring and the conversation is, well, they were, you know, 17th in the league from week 10 to week 17 
in in terms of uh, pass, passing yards per play, which is true. They were on the back end of a lot of statistics from an offensive perspective. And then they lost the Super Bowl, but it's okay because they made it there, right? I mean, we'll still think of this offense overall as the worst offense under the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era if they don't win the Super Bowl. Because statistically, it was during the regular season. The only way that that story changes, in other words, is if they actually hoist the Lombardi at the end of the season. Otherwise, offensively, it was still one of the worst seasons that we've seen from this iteration of the Chiefs. I don't agree with that line of thinking. I don't agree with that line of thinking. And I feel like it it, it has a little bit to do with, I think we talked about this last week maybe, where... You know, for me as a fan, I I get more frustrated. I get more upset if my team loses at some point in the postseason rather than if they lose in the championship round. Like last year, both the Heat and the Florida Panthers made their championship rounds. I'd have been devastated if either one of them were knocked out in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Both of them got to the championship round. I was not devastated when it ended. And and I think it relates to this because I think once you get to the championship round, whether you win it, whether Patrick Mahomes wins it this weekend or not, his team has the opportunity to win. And I think that's that's the big picture. That's what you want. That's the most important thing is they have given themselves the chance. They're playing for the championship. So whether they win it this weekend or they don't win it, big picture wise, I don't see it I, like that's that's not the way that I see it. I think as long as they're there and they have the opportunity to win it, I think that's what ends up being big picture wise the most important thing. If they lose it, I think that we'll be able to look back on it in many years and we'll say that 23-24 Chiefs team was the worst offensively in the Mahomes era because statistically it was. Yeah, now, maybe. if they win the Super Bowl, ain't nobody going to be talking about that. That's the reality of the situation, right? But he still I mean, got not, them there. You're right. Well, he right. But, I mean, the reality was that it, during the regular season, this thing was mediocre. I mean, mm-hmm. this was on the backs of that defense. And we don't give that Chiefs defense nearly enough credit. The reason they are oh, in I the Super Bowl. Oh, I think they get plenty of credit. You don't think they get largely, enough credit? Uh, the, the reason that they are in a Super Bowl is largely because of the defense. We are, we are so accustomed to that offense being closer to best in the league than they are to anywhere near mediocre. And yet, all season, that was a mediocre offense. The only reason that they found themselves in a position to really truly compete in a postseason was because of that defense. And I think we still spend most of our time saying, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. And not that Patrick Mahomes doesn't do remarkable things in the postseason. He hasn't thrown a pick since like, you know, 2002, but the reality is it's that defense. It wasn't, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes throughout the regular season. It was that defense that deserves the credit. So I guess the way that I'm looking at it is, and there are little plays that are being made throughout the games here and there. I mean, the last pass that Patrick Mahomes threw in the AFC championship game where Valdez Scantling's backpedaling and he comes down with it and the game's over. Like the Ravens have a chance to tie the game if they don't complete that third down, that third and long. Like there are little plays like that. So what I'm saying is maybe if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes who's back there making that read and making that pass, if it's somebody else, maybe they don't pick up that third down and then the Ravens have the chance to march down the field and possibly tie the game with the two-point conversion after the touchdown. So yeah, like they only put up 17 points in the AFC Championship game, 
but there are still other things happening throughout the game that Patrick Mahomes is doing that I don't necessarily believe other quarterbacks would be able to do. And that's why overall, I think it's about putting your team, like getting to the championship round. My opinion on on this season, essentially, for the Chiefs overall is not, when, when I look at it in years from now, my opinion on what Patrick Mahomes was able to do this season and helping get them to the Super Bowl is not going to flip one way or the other whether or not they win this weekend. The point is they got there. They, 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 they gave themselves a chance to win the Super Bowl. The only way that I could see the conversation mattering, and I don't expect this to be the case because it's a Chiefs team that we've seen, obviously, in the Super Bowl time and time again, four times in the last five years. And so the expectation is sort of, oh, well, they'll, they'll have other opportunities. They'll be back again. He'll have an opportunity maybe even to catch Brady one day. I mean, that's sort of the attitude surrounding the Chiefs. The reality is it doesn't normally work like that, right? I mean, it's entirely possible that this ends up being the last chance. It might seem outlandish because we're talking about yeah i mean it's possible it's not that it really would it'd be shocking it'd be shocking it would be shocking if they never make it back to a super bowl yeah in under patrick Mahomes. yeah it'd be shocking yeah be shocking Mm -hmm. i i mean but how many times have we seen it in nfl history it's not normal it does it is not normal to go to four super bowls in five years it's not not normal what this team has done by any means for it to feel this easy for them to find themselves in a Super Bowl each and every year. There are so many elite players that never got themselves there. Even elite quarterbacks, right? I mean, there are the Dan Marinos of the world that don't have the Super Bowl rings Heck, everyone, for it. everyone fawns over Aaron Rodgers. He's been to the Super Bowl one time. Once. It was like half my life ago. Once. And everyone talks about he's like the greatest quarterback, right? And once. Once he was there. I mean, sure, he was MVP of that Super Bowl, but he was there once. Got there one time. It's not that easy. To get to Super Bowls. So it's it's possible. It's possible that they could not make it back. We're going to make it back here on Amber and Ian, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Friday here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian and presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. We are very fortunate to have Adam Thielen, Panthers wide receiver, joining us right now. And Adam, thanks so much for your time. You hold several NFL records, including eight straight games over 100 yards receiving, 74 receptions in the first half of a season. You just had another 100 catch, 1,000 yard season. What is your favorite, like the coolest record that you've touched in your NFL career? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I always say that I um, will look at those things when I retire. Right now, I'm so focused on getting better because I know I got a lot of ball left in me. and I know I can play at a high level, but I got to go out there and prove it every single day, and I got to work to have those opportunities. So a cliche answer a bit, but I think when I'm able to be done playing, I can look back and really be proud of some of those accomplishments. But again, I got to get better right now. That was a football answer if I ever heard one, Zach. That that was a quarterback answer, you know, just towing the line. You, You ever think about 
playing quarterback, Adam? <laughs> I thought about playing quarterback in seventh grade, and then I threw a ball about 30 yards short of the receiver on a go ball, and they quickly moved me back to receiver. So <laughs> I think I'm in the right spot. Adam, you know, you, you spent the first nine years of your career in Minnesota, and I'm sure at some point before you left, you probably thought about what it would be like playing for another franchise, playing in another city, new teammates. So what was that adjustment like for you? It was a big adjustment, you know, something that I was, I guess, a little excited about taking adventure as a family. It's definitely not how I drew it up. Would have loved to finish my career in Minnesota. I had every intention to do so. And obviously growing up a Vikings fan and then playing there for 10 years, I I never thought I would leave. But when the kind of writing was on the wall that they were going to move on and move in a different direction, you know, I was excited for our family to kind of do something different. My wife and I had never left the state of Minnesota, high school, college, NFL. And so it was a new adventure for our family, our three kids, and us to do together. And it was fantastic, you know, really kind of put ourselves out there as far as joining a new community and putting everything we had into it. My kids love it there, joining the Panther Nation and all the new kind of things that that came along with that they were excited about. So it was great, but it definitely was a transition. Definitely missed a lot of parts of Minnesota and, and the fan base. There's so many great things in that organization and that culture and that community, but really excited about the direction that the Panthers are going in right now and being part of a new squad for now. I'm curious, Adam, because you went undrafted when you got picked up by the Vikings. And we're talking a lot in the Super Bowl about a guy who was drafted very last in the draft as Mr. Irrelevant there in Brock Purdy. When you come into the league, whether it's last in the draft or whether you're undrafted, and then you go on to have a spectacular career like you have, do you think maybe you appreciate it a little bit extra than you otherwise would if you hadn't been overlooked? Well, I think at first, yeah, you have that chip on your shoulder that really you continue with your entire career, knowing the fact that everyone overlooked you, that no one believed in you. Yeah, you you keep that chip on your shoulder forever. But at the end of the day, after, you know, rookie camp and your first training camp after that, maybe after your first year, no one really cares where you got drafted. All they care about is putting the best roster together, putting the best players on the field to help them win a Super Bowl. So you take advantage of those opportunities. You go out there and you prove it day in and day out. And again, they're going to put who who they think is going to help them the most and give them those opportunities. Adam, there was obviously a lot of attention played on your team this year, not just because there was a coaching change in the middle of the season, but more so I would say because the number one overall pick in last year's draft, Bryce Young, certainly he struggled most of the season, but what were some of the things that you saw out of him that you actually liked, that that you said, hey, this is something we could build on. Yeah, well, there's a couple ways to look at it. I think, number one, I think it's the best thing that ever happened to Bryce as a person, as a player, to go through some, probably the most adversity you could possibly go through in your career. And to have it happen year one with so many expectations and really everything stacked against him for a lot of reasons. You know, I think he's going to look back at this in five or ten years and say, man, I'm so glad that happened. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much of what not to do, what to do, what helps you be successful, what doesn't help you be successful as an individual, as a team. And he's going to be able to really lean on that experience. How do you wish that upon anybody? No, it was a tough year. And for him, probably never lost really much at all in his entire life. High school, college, you know, getting drafted first overall. A lot of excitement in his career. So tough year. But I'm very excited about the pieces that they're putting around him now and the coaching staff, the leadership that they've put in place in this organization. It's all the right things to help Bryce be successful. And there's other things I know that they want to do and they need to do to really help him be the best he can be. But I'm very encouraged 
by a lot of things that I saw last year that no one probably sees from the outside, whether that be in practice, whether that be his maturity, how it changed from week one to the last week of the season and, and all the adversity that he faced and really was able to stay strong and keep fighting. And those things are going to really help him in the future. Adam Thielen joining us. Uh, there was a little shot taken last night, Adam, in the opening monologue of the NFL honors against your team and your new head coach, Dave Canales. He noticed it. He retweeted it. He didn't run from it. Uh, it was kind of funny how he took it right on. Give us some thoughts on your new head coach. Honestly, uh, I think he's very similar to me. You know, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, been overlooked a lot of times in his career. Maybe that would be for an OC position. And then I don't think he got too many calls for becoming a head coach as well. So I think he's got a big chip on his shoulder. He's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of confidence. And I think he's got a very high character that I've gotten so many text messages over the last few weeks since he got hired of just his character and you really find out a lot about people's character when they go through tough times or the team's going through tough times or going through adversity and all these text messages I'm getting are saying hey this guy's done it the right way he's climbed the ladder the right way he's not throwing people under the bus to get a better role or things like that he's just working he's grinding he does things the right way and he's climbed the ladder the right way so you can really respect that I think that's what you need in a leadership position. Adam what are you expecting out of the game this Sunday? Sunday, and what's the setup uh, for the Thielen family? You guys all watch together. What are we doing? Yeah, I'm actually really excited. You know, usually my wife and I go out to the Super Bowl for the week. Don't necessarily go to the game, but go out there for the week, and we kind of do our thing out there, just us two. But I'm really excited this year. We're staying at home. We're in Charlotte. We're going to just do a little Super Bowl party at our house for the kids and maybe a couple friends and just hang out, have some pizza, and watch the game together. My seven-year-old son has really got into football and watching the game, really understands the game now. So I'm really excited to be able to watch it with him and hang out as family. And what are we expecting out of the game? Yeah, I'm expecting a great football game. Obviously, two teams that are playing at a high level, obviously, and two really great defenses that are playing at their very best this time of year. And then there's a lot of unknown as far as what the offense is going to look like. You know, is it going to be a running game? Which is crazy to think that the Chiefs have been winning football games by running the ball because that's not really their MO. But I'm excited to see how this game plays out from an offensive perspective. Obviously, offensive guy. You always love to see how teams are going to attack it. You know, how they're going to change maybe their game plan from the past. Are they going to throw it a little bit more? Are they going to run it more? Who's going to catch the momentum and really move the football and score some points? So I think it's going to be a close football game. I think it's going to come down to the two-minute drive at the end of the game, which most NFL games do come down to a two-minute drive. So let's see who can handle the pressure. And I think both quarterbacks have the ability to play in big games and play well. Yeah, we're all excited to see Super Bowl 58. We're also excited for the Invited Celebrity Classic, which is a PGA Tour Champions competition featuring 78 PGA Tour champions and 40 sports and entertainment stars, including Adam Thielen. Tickets are free to attend. It kicks off from Irving, Texas, April 19th. Go to invitedcelebrityclassic.com. You can also check it out all three days on the Golf Channel channel where it will be broadcast. What is on this celebrity list? There's a lot of celebrities that are going to partake in this thing, Adam. Uh, What is a celebrity that you're looking forward to most playing with or seeing? 
Well, I'll tell you what, I played in a lot of these because I, I just absolutely love playing in competitive golf tournaments, especially with guys and gals that are in similar, they've been through similar things. Maybe they're baseball players or tennis players, or maybe they're in the entertainment business. And you really get to play with a lot of amazing people that have been at the top of their game or profession. And you really get to find out how they did that. And you get to pick their brains and you get to learn things from them. So really, to answer your question, I can't wait to play with anybody. You know, all these different people that get to invited it almost becomes a little bit of a fraternity going to these celebrity events because it's kind of a lot of the same people that play in a lot of them that love the game of golf they're competitive and just are great people you don't get invited back to these things if you're not a good person and not fun to be around so it ends up being a phenomenal little fraternity going to this tournament which is a fantastic tournament that raises a bunch of money for charity going out to tahoe for the acc championship we just finished up the one in uh, lake nona in florida they're just fantastic events and then you pair it with the lpga tour uh, and seeing those women at the at the top of their game and then this one with the um, champions tour guys that have been doing it a long time and have had a ton of success which i didn't really realize is the champions tour basically all of them basically to get on it had to have had a lot of success on the PGA Tour and, and most have tons of experience on the PGA Tour so you get to pick out a pick their brains and understand how they got to the top of their game and how they were able to have longevity and do it for a long time and be consistent so very blessed to be a part of it and excited to get back out there. Adam better feeling knocking in a long birdie or catching a touchdown? Oh man knocking a long birdie it's a lot harder to make birdies than it is to catch a football so um <laughs> I just there's just no no better feeling than in, in golf. You know, you, it's an individual sport. So whether you do something great or you do something terrible, it's on you. There's no one else to blame or to celebrate with. It's just all on you. So it's just an unbelievable game that uh, challenges you in a lot of different ways. It has really helped me in in my profession to be able to handle adversity, to be able to kind of handle the good and handle the bad, and really is the one way that I can help become a better football player with the mental side of my game. I feel like there's not a lot of ways to become stronger mentally in sport. But when you do it in competitive golf, I feel like it is the best way to really um, hone in on your mental side of sport. In fairness, catching footballs is really easy for you. So (laughs) all of it sounds impossible to the rest of us. Adam Thielen, wide receiver for the Panthers. Thanks so much, Adam, for your time. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Take care. Uh, A little bit easier for Adam Thielen to score a touchdown than for Jonathan Zaslow. A little easier for Adam Thielen to probably do most athletic feats, but a hole-in-one or a birdie. The golf course, I feel like, is the it's the ultimate it's the ultimate level playing field where well, you can never tell who's going to be good at that game. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I was debating should I should I compare it to a long birdie or a hole-in-one? And I didn't want to be presumptuous and assume that he's gotten a hole-in-one. That's you know? presumptuous. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean. I a hole in one is definitely a, a, a big, big accomplishment. Right? Uh, I, I cannot imagine he's probably done that. Most people probably do not have that on their resume. But how awesome is it if you do? Like Dwayne Wade and there were camera presence. Cameras I remember that video. It was like uh, the great. He said it was like the greatest moment. I'm like, buddy, three championships. Come on now. Yeah, he's like, this is the greatest moment of my life. I'm like, all right, it's just a normal day. You're playing golf, dude. He didn't even um, hesitate, by the way, Adam Thielen. He takes that long birdie over a touchdown so quick. I think it's because for on his list of accomplishments. For him, it's like, all right, I scored another touchdown. You know, I'm Adam Thielen. Like, I score touchdowns. That's what I do. But a birdie is like, whoa, where it did just that shows come you, from? 
it shows you how good these these pro golfers are because for normals like Adam Thielen, birdies are so hard to get. It's insane. It really is the way that golfers are. Okay, coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. We've got to find out which one we got. We've got more to Got One this time than just picking the team that's going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58 version of Got One coming your way. Normally, Zazlo, Zazlo filling in yeah. for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Normally, we play Got One all throughout the NFL season, and it yeah. goes pretty well because you have a lot of games to choose from and it's like who you got and we choose one Zazzle, that's how the game works the thing is here we're down to a game so if the segment was who you got you know eh, there's not much pizzazz to it okay. so we're gonna switch things up we're gonna do a whole Super Bowl themed got one okay I'm good at this yeah and also, we've got a special guest who's going to be setting it all up for us. Johanna Steele, James Steele, our producer's daughter, is once again oh, in studio. Hello, she had Johanna. to show. She had to show up because Johanna did our picks for us for championship weekend. She was in with James. We left our fate in her hands, and we swept. Wow! And we beat all the other radio shows. We are in the this top show has of the been standings. Historically terrible at picks. Very terrible. Yeah, Y'all whatever. didn't really need to mention that, but. That, that's true. So Johanna, my Amber pick. That's why she okay. Thanks, James. She, so Johanna went undefeated last week. Two and O catapulted Joe is what I call her. Two and O Joe catapulted us above all the other radio shows in the ESPN Radio Ranking Challenge her, by standings. The way, dress for success. She's got the Chiefs <sighs> shirt. She's got the bandana. The, the headband. She's been a little brainwashed by Dad, I think. Frankly, with the oh, so yeah. I'm I'm. We're going to have Johanna. So we had her come back in tonight because we're like, well, who's going to do our Super Bowl pick? Obviously, it's got to be Johanna because she's much better at this than the rest of us. But, uh, you know, the outfit that Johanna's wearing, Chiefs head to toe, makes me think I kind of know what direction she's leaning. But before we get to our actual picks, let's play some Got One. Amber and Ian Got One. We got one! So crazy if she took the Niners. So crazy. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't bet on that one. I would, uh, I would not bet on that one. All right, Steels, I, I, I got a, James, I got and a Johanna. Sneak peek earlier, so she uh, she told me all of her all of her picks and bets, and uh, hopefully, and then hopefully, you told her she'd be grounded if yeah, it wasn't the Chiefs. Right. Got it. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's start off with this first: uh, the 49ers offense or the Chiefs offense? Zaz, who you got? Yeah, I I got the Chiefs offense this weekend. I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to put up a big number. I really do. I think it's a high-scoring game, but I got the Chiefs putting up a big number. I I think they're a rise and see occasion this weekend. I got the Chiefs. The 49ers offense is tremendously better than the yep. Kansas City Chiefs all throughout the entire season. This Chiefs offense was mediocre in just about every single category. Yep. It was disappointing throughout the entire regular season. I understand in the postseason they picked it up a little bit, but they're still not out there doing miraculous things. The 49ers offense, I believe in. They've been tried and true all season. I like that high-flying approach. Christian McCaffrey, one offensive player of the year last night, Jonathan Zaslow. I'm going Niners offense over Chiefs. All right, but we, we could do a little a little ode to Toby Keith, right, with the Chiefs where I'm not as good as I once was, but once I was as good as I ever was. That's what I'm looking for from the Chiefs this weekend. What is Johanna Steele looking for from the Chiefs? 
49ers defense or Chiefs defense? Who you got? Okay, there you go. Uh, I will do Chiefs defense here, though. I will take the Niners offense. Can't do it on the defensive side of the ball. The Chiefs defense is the reason that the Chiefs are in a Super Bowl, Zaslow. Although that offense was mediocre all season, that Chiefs defense was elite. This is the best defense in the Andy Reid Chiefs era. I'm taking the Chiefs deep. Yeah, I'm with you. I got the Chiefs D also. I mean, I don't have to repeat all the things you just said, but they've been great all year. They were at their best against Baltimore. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson spit up a little all over himself, but they were great against that Baltimore team a couple weeks ago. I'm with you. Next. Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, who you got? Ooh, I'm going. This one's tough. This one is tough. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go Kittle this weekend. I'm going to go Kittle. Like I said, I think both teams are going to score. I think we're going to get a slightly bigger game out of Kittle. I'm going to go George Kittle. I I think at this point, you could make the argument that George Kittle might be a little bit better than Travis Kelsey. Like, Travis Kelsey. He's still had a great year, Kittle. uh, He he had a really good year. I mean, Travis Kelsey, obviously. Uh, arguably the best tight end of all time. I mean, he's certainly on that list. I'm not trying to take anything away from Kelsey. But Kelsey, this regular season, it was a little disappointing when you pull the stats. However, this ain't the regular season anymore, Jonathan Zaslow. It's Super Bowl 58. Although I don't think Travis Kelsey is quite the same player he once was. Because he's distracted by Taylor Swift. Well, that's not why at all. That's actually not at all why, but she will be there. He will want to show off and show out on the biggest stage in front of her and the rest of the country. I think I'll go Travis Kelsey over George Kittle, even though I chose the Niners offense overall. That's a good pick, Amber. Uh, This one's a little more open-ended. I want to get to this one and one more. This one's a little more open-ended. If a quarterback doesn't win Super Bowl MVP, who does, Zaz? Are you asking for position or the player? A player. Yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go Christian McCaffrey. Because, that was mine. You can yeah, yeah. Well, we can agree. Mine. Whatever, whatever. I'm gonna go Christian McCaffrey because I think he's gonna be great anyway. Obviously, the Niners would have to win. Um, I don't think they're gonna win. I think Mahomes and the Chiefs are gonna win, and Mahomes is MVP. Well, hold but on. If, if you that's don't not think the, case, the Niners go are McCaffrey. gonna, well, that doesn't make any sense. If you don't think the Niners are gonna no, win this game, here's the rationale. The- <laughs> here's the rationale. Because if Mahomes, if a quarterback doesn't win it, that means Mahomes wasn't great, which means the Chiefs did not win. So that's why I go McCaffrey. That, that's the case. Oh well, all right. I, I guess uh, I I will go Christian I McCaffrey know. as well. Uh, I don't think officially we're going to end up as a show taking the Niners because again, Johanna Steele, uh, she's on the take. She's been a little brainwashed, but. I would take the Niners in large part just because I want the Niners to win because I'm tired of the dynasty already. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. All right, one more real quick. Who's who's the best celebrity fan? Taylor Swift with the Chiefs or Justin Bieber with the Maple Leaves? Ooh. Ooh. Swifties will get you. So I'm going to go Taylor be Swift because I'm a huge Florida Panther fan. I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. What a loser team. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, can you win a Stanley Cup once a thousand years? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Taylor Swift. I'm going T-Swift just because I don't want the Swifties after me. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we'll continue to get you ready for Super Bowl Sunday on ESPN Radio. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.